Okay, everybody, welcome back. It's episode 221 of Outnumbered the Podcast, and we have another one for you in our marriage series. Today, we're going to talk about how and why to prioritize your marriage. We have 25 amazingly successful ideas for you. So let's get started. Hello, and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. We are experienced moms to a combined total of 19 children. In our weekly episodes, we explore relatable topics using our perspectives of humor and chaos. Tune in for advice and encouragement to gain more joy in your parenting journey. We are excited to add another to our um, series in our about marriage and relationships. And today we're going to be talking about how to prioritize our relationships because, oh my goodness, with the busy families, with large families like we have, and we know a lot of you have, it is easy to let your relationship just kind of get on autopilot or even slip from, you know, a big priority. Um, but the only thing harder than being a parent and parenting all these children that we have would be doing it by yourself. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You need we need each other, right? Yeah, and you know, I think most of us go into a marriage expecting everything to just be so wonderful. I mean, we know technically that marriage can be hard. We see it happen around us, but as innocent little 20-somethings, we generally are just so excited and can't imagine that there would come a day when we would actually have to work to prioritize our marriage. But that is the fact. And it comes sooner or later, sometimes sooner than we realize. And we notice, oh my goodness, if I don't work towards this, it's it's going to fail. And that's not what I want. Yes. What is it? All things slide toward entropy. Is that like yes. appropriate here? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. What yeah. Do, yeah, what does entropy in a marriage look like? Oh, I don't want that. Yeah. Done not not going there. <laughs> so today we're gonna share, we're gonna throw at you 25 ways that you can prioritize your marriage. And we know that there's even more of these. So these are 25 of our favorite ways. And we're gonna have a discussion over on Instagram this week. You guys let us know your favorite ways of prioritizing your marriage. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Number one, remember and celebrate your spouse's birthdays and special days. So anytime they have a a reason to celebrate, be there ready to celebrate with them. Yeah, that's right. That like, that says they're special and like we would want them to remember our birthday. (laughs) Um, So it's like make, it makes them, it tells them that they're important to us. And hand in hand with that is number two, remember and celebrate your special days together. So your anniversary, um, the first, the anniversary of your first date, the day you met, um, you know, Valentine's Day, all the special days that celebrate the two of you together. Those are definitely ones to celebrate in a big way. Yeah, there's a reason that every sitcom has run an episode where one of the spouses forgets the anniversary because that's a big no-no. <laughs> and maybe for you guys, it's not your wedding anniversary that's the most important. Maybe it's the day you met or, or maybe it's something else. It doesn't matter what it is, but take a chance, take a few minutes to celebrate your union, right? At least once a year, multiple times a year, preferably, right? All right, number three, protect your date night or special time together. So we are huge fans of date night and we firmly believe that it is, it will break or make a marriage for sure. Yeah. So what if you decided to try to combine your um, date night and your one-on-one time with kids? So let's start taking a kid. 
on our date night. Just a different kid each time. (laughs) Guess what happens to the dynamic when you have a kid along? The focus is on the kid and it's not on each other anymore. So you have to protect it. Um, and then protect it, you know, like from your kids, but protect it from, from anything else that wants to encroach on that time together. Yeah. Just another side note about this very often. I mean, it's biology that we take care of our kids above all else, right? Because these little humans need us so desperately. However, there is nothing wrong with them needing to bang on your door for a little bit because you're having a long time with your spouse. Like they can figure it out for a few minutes while you talk or cuddle or do whatever you need to do together. Um, I, I think sometimes we just always default to running after whatever need our child has, but that marriage must be prioritized. Yeah. Okay. Number four, smile at them. (laughs) It seems so dumb. It seems so simple, but guys, it's so huge. Think about what a smile does for you and how it makes you feel when your spouse smiles at you. Okay. So it makes you feel important. It makes you feel like a priority. Like a smile doesn't take very much time, um, but it tells them you're a priority for me. Our relationship Mm -hmm. is a priority. I'm, I'm, I want to keep it good. And just a simple smile. So easy so easy. Free. It <laughs> doesn't cost any money. doesn't even hardly take two seconds, but it, it's, it's huge. This is a, a hard one for me, especially when my husband comes home in the evening, because usually I'm just so excited for him to get there that it's almost like this, this big sigh of relief. And, and I think my face does not communicate that I'm happy. It's like, Oh, finally, you know, <laughs> instead of turning and smiling and welcome home. So glad you're home. Go give him a hug, give him a kiss. Um, I really have to focus on that to remember to do that so that he doesn't feel like, oh, he just showed up and I, you know, toss him the baby and take off. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it came so natural when you were first dating, like yeah. when you first met him, like you couldn't help but smile. Like you even smiled when you thought about him and they weren't even there mm-hmm. because that was mm-hmm. the kind of relationship you had. Well, keep that going. Right. Right. And you know, the, the old saying that, you know, when you smile, it changes everything. Like you can actually lift your mood just smiling. So just force yourself to, and it can make things a lot better. Sure. Okay. Number five, don't let anything interrupt your conversation. So we kind of hinted at this before. So that, that means kids, annoying kids that are being obnoxious, just tell them if there's no blood, they cannot interrupt you. Um, and it has to be a significant amount of blood. (laughs) If you know your children, they're like, look, it's blood. And like, no, that's actually just a, you know, cherry jam or whatever. <laughs> um, same goes for technology. Like how often do you have a conversation and you get a text and you pick up your phone? Like that just communicates disrespect. I know I hate it when somebody picks up their phone when I'm talking to them and I'm telling them something important, something that's valuable to me. And they're, you know, that distracted by a piece of technology. So put your phones in a different room if you have to, when you're having a conversation or go on a date night and leave them in the car, right? Then the kids can't bug you either. Sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yes. What would you do if you were, um, on a job interview with a job uh, with a the manager the person that you really 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 wanted a job with you would not let anything interrupt that conversation right <laughs> what if you were talking to the president or the queen of england you know fill in the blank somebody that you really felt was really important will give that same amount of respect and honor to your spouse when you're in a conversation it's kind of hard way harder than just a smile <laughs> okay Say I love you every day. Oh, this this is a big one. Like you've got to like that's a priority. Okay, so 
So relationships, like especially when kids enter the picture, can start to be very start to slip into the the mundane. Like I think we've referred it to it in the past as the roommate relationship, right? Like you take up the trash and I'll change the baby's diaper and like that. But but it's more than that. Like it's it's going beyond. It's got to be, you know, start and end every day with I love you. It's it's important. It it tells them that this is more about us working together, getting this family raised. It's, it's more than that. Yeah, totally. And what I've noticed is it can also become kind of rote and unimportant. You can just kind of throw it out there, almost like grab the trash on your way out. Oh, and I love you. (laughs) So I like to try to add another word or two to just kind of remind myself what I'm saying. Like, oh, I love you so much. Or, you know, good night, sweetheart. I, I really do love you. Right. And that kind of just ref- I think about the same thing when I'm saying my prayers and I kind of get a little bit rote in my praying um, to just really focus on the words that are coming out of my mouth. It's like, no, I'm saying this because I really feel it. How can I better communicate that and not have it just be um, like memorized words that are thrown out there? Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. One thing that my husband and I do is we always end the conversation on the phone with, I love you. Like, mm-hmm. I love you and I love you back. Like, and I think that comes from, that comes out of, um, like when you're away from each other, my, my dad was killed in a car accident and I never got to say goodbye. And so I think it was born out of that, that Mm -hmm. being away from somebody and never getting to say goodbye. So then just kind of a touch on like, I love you. (laughs) And if, and if I never talk to you again, I love you. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of thing. It's it's a little bit morbid, but, but still that's not like what I'm thinking of every time I tell my husband, I love him over the phone. It's like, you are important to me. Mm -hmm. Let's get back together soon. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Every time you guys separate, he knows, he walks away knowing that you love him. I think that's super important. All right. Number seven, surprise them with a just because gift. Oh, this is my love language. I love gifts and not fancy ones, just like stupid ones. It's so fun. Um, But that just shows them that you were thinking of them and that you took a few minutes to go pick a flower or, you know, whatever, put a chocolate on their pillow or whatever it is, just something that shows that you're thinking and loving them. I love that. Yes. You know, the other day, I have to admit, I gave my husband, I was out um, buying a sketchbook for myself and I saw this journal and it was very masculine around me. My husband was like, oh, I think you would like that. And I picked it up and I took it home for him too. And he was like, I gave it to him and he was like, what is this? And I said, "Um, it's a journal. You like write words in it. It's like kind of this new Maybe you've heard of this. (laughs) (laughs) And then he, like, he's laughed. He's like, oh, okay. Like, am I supposed to like, is there a purpose? And I'm like, yes, you're oh, supposed to write all up. the things I need you to improve on. And this, <laughs> there's a, is there a trick? Oh, I know. And I said, you know what? I'm really sorry that I haven't just given you a just because gift for a long time, because you honestly don't know how to respond to this. And that's not on you. That's on me. Cause I, it's been so long since I just gave you something mm. just because. <laughs> Okay, number eight. This is something we talk about so often on this podcast is the 20-year vision. But number eight, look ahead to the time after you raise your kids and they've moved out and they're starting their own life after living with mom and dad and plan for that. Mm-hmm. So um, what are you going to do? What, what's your relationship going to be like? Do you have to, are, are you going to have to go back to the time where before you had any kids and like start your relationship back there because you didn't really have a relationship in the in-between time or have you been like building on it and just slowly tiny by little things all, all the way in between. 
So look ahead. What's it going to be like when it's just back to you and your, and your, we say husband, I know we have a few male listeners. <laughs> What's it going to be like when it's back to the time where it's just you and your spouse again? Like, do you look forward to that? Mm. Have you made plans for that? Is that kind of a scary thought? Like, are the kids kind of a buffer between you? It's just kind of this looking ahead and then planning ahead for that. Yeah, there is a reason that, that unfortunately a large percentage of marriages end right around when the kids leave home because all of a sudden the husband and wife look at each other and go, gosh, what did we even love about each other? Like, what what is left of our relationship after, after we've given so much time and energy to our children for so many years? So do not let that happen to you. Um, I was going to say that an interesting way to do this is to imagine yourself in the future. So say 20 years down the road and you are looking back at today, what advice would you give yourself? If you have that great relationship, then would you say, don't forget date night or yes, I know it's frustrating when he doesn't help with the kids as much as you think he should, but maybe he's got other things on his mind, right? Kind of talk to yourself from this future perspective. I find that really useful. Maybe it sounds crazy, but I am a little, so that's okay. But it helps me to see, oh, look, that's where I'm going is this amazing relationship with my husband when we're empty nesters. And she can maybe kind of give me some of her wisdom back as I think about how would I treat my husband today to end up there, if that makes sense. Okay. Number nine, don't forget intimacy. And we have, lucky for you, an entire episode on intimacy and marriage because it can be a subject that we avoid, especially as good Christian women. Nobody wants to talk about sex, right? But we talked about it for you in the whole episode and make sure that it is happening in your marriage. You guys, this is really, really hard sometimes with lots of babies, changing bodies, hormones. Um, but if you need medical help to get things back on track, do that. Go listen to our episode and then go talk to your doctor about hormones if you need to or whatever it takes. But connecting with your husband intimately is ex- essential for a strong marriage. Yes, for both of you. You may not think mm. it for you. Like women don't kind of often have that um, need as much as men do, but it's there. You need it. <laughs> and maybe one thing we can mention too is your mindset about intimacy is maybe the first place to start if you're struggling with that. So yeah, go re-listen to that episode. Probably one you should listen to often if you need to. (laughs) All right. Number 10, hold hands in public. This is such a, such a neat way to prioritize your relationship because like, you know, you're married, you don't have to hold hands, you know, everybody knows you're married, but it's that going to that prioritizing part of it. Like we are not only married, we're not only committed, we're not only both here, but we are like, here mm-hmm. together. We, we're like connected. We're together. And just holding hands in public is just a, a way to, I, I don't know, it goes back to like, you know, when you first held hands, it was like, I am not too embarrassed in public mm-hmm. to hold hands mm-hmm. with this person. Mm-hmm. Right. And still, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years into our marriage, I am still not too embarrassed to hold your hand. Like not that thought anymore, obviously, because you married <laughs> them, but just, just a, just a cute little way to prioritize that marriage together in public to others. Yeah. I love that thought to just kind of proclaiming to the world, this is the man that I love. Right. And I will also say this, that it helps your relationship to not get too off track because if we, if my husband and I are arguing or just kind of at odds with each other, it's hard to hold hands, right? Like it's a, it's more intimate of a, of a, of a movement, I guess, and, um, thing to do than you might think. And so if I'm in a place where I feel comfortable holding my husband ha- husband's hand, then I know that we're good. Does that make sense? Like I can say, throw, I love you over, over my shoulder and still kind of be perturbed about something he did or didn't do. <laughs> but holding his hand is just a really connecting experience. And it just kind of helps me wash away any hard feelings that I, that might be coming up for me. 
Yeah, I think we mentioned in one of our episodes about um, one of our marriage episodes, one of the early ones where we were talking about like difficult conversations, hold hands through mm-hmm. the conversation mm-hmm. because it's like we're still going to be connected going right. into and coming out of this discussion. Yeah, and it's a reminder that the purpose of this discussion is to stay connected. Like we're not we're not having a discussion to prove that I'm right or you know that that I know better. We're we're coming together to overcome this obstacle, and that is a, a reminder. That's a great tip. Okay, number 11, take trips together. So fun. And we fully understand how difficult this can be with little babies. But where there is a will, there is a way. And there's a a way to find a babysitter and there's a way to find the money and there's a way to escape, even even if it's just to, um, you know, do a day trip at a different town or spend the night at a hotel locally, right? Taking these trips away together can be revolutionary for your relationship. Yes. We are huge fans. <laughs> My husband and I waited way too long to start taking trips together, but we have episodes for you on how to find a babysitter and all about all about these trips. So go listen to those if you need advice. Okay, number twelve, pray together. This one is such I don't know, probably the number way one way to prioritize your relationship because then you're getting outside help to make your relationship mm. a priority. It's not just you and your husband working on it, but you're bringing in the divine influence and the divine guidance to get your relationship back up to the top where it needs to be. Yes. And I would say similarly to holding hands, praying is a very vulnerable thing, right? It's something where you open up all your hopes and dreams and concerns and worries up to God and having your husband listen in on that is a really good way to connect without actually uh, saying anything to each other, right? If that makes sense. Like, Sometimes my husband will pray for things that I didn't know he was worried about or will be thankful for things that I didn't know were on his mind. Like it's just a really great way of opening up and um, showing each other what's really on our minds um, as we ask for help from God together. It's pretty great. Okay, number 13, discuss your differences in private, meaning not in front of the kids and especially not in front of the people you're on a double date with or your family, your extended family members. Um Every marriage is going to have differences and troubles and struggles, but that is a private matter between the two of you because once you invite outside opinions, everyone is going to have something to say and it can really be alarming to the children to see you um, struggle with things. Yeah. And they're, they're, um, whoever is looking on their viewpoint of you and your marriage and the health of it changes mm-hmm. going into and coming out of that discussion. Okay, number 14, respect your spouse. (laughs) Respect your spouse like you would a boss or um, the governor of your state or the mayor of your town or the president or the quit. Like any respect that you would give somebody else, give that to your spouse. Why, Why not? Why wouldn't you? You're the one, they're the one that you chose to spend the rest of your life with. So respect them. Yeah. Along this line, I will offer a caution towards sarcasm. Like I uh, love humor. My husband and I connect over laughter a lot, but we both have a pretty sarcastic streak. We do that for, for humor's sake, but sarcasm can turn nasty really quickly. And so I've noticed that I need to be very cautious when I am feeling a little bit frustrated about something to not use sarcasm because it turns to resentment very quickly. I only use sarcasm as a humor, humorous, you know, thing when I'm feeling really, really connected to my spouse. Does that make sense? Yeah. One more thought about respect here is that um, you could have the thought, well, they don't respect me. Why should I respect them? But keep in mind the thought that you need to be respectable. And so respecting 
can start mm-hmm. with you. And that will make you a respectable person who can be respected. Um, so there's a, there's a thought to throw in there for you. <laughs> right. If nobody ever respects the other while they're waiting for that, the first person to do it, guess what? It's going to be a really disrespectful marriage forever. <laughs> and neither one of you are respectable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> behaving like that. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Number 15, regularly talk about when you first met and got engaged or married because these stories are so fun. And coincidentally, these are really fun stories to tell your kids. My kids love hearing about this. I mean, the older ones are like, oh, gross, first kiss, whatever. But, um, it's, it's really, really helpful to remind yourselves of those initial feelings and just what brought you together. Really fun thing to do. So my husband and I have kept the, from back in the dark ages, we corresponded by um, email and by letter. And um, we found recently when most of our kids were at home um, for, for a visit, um, we found he found digging through some boxes in the basement, a letter that he had written me that he had never sent. (laughs) And he read that out loud in front of the kids. And it was the first time I was hearing this letter. Mm. And of course I was remembering what it was like and where we were both at that. And I was actually like crying when he read this letter, it was so sweet. And, um, like it brought this, this new freshness and like really brought back some of those Mm -hmm. memories of Mm -hmm. why, like, remembering those first days and how sweet and special they were. So, yeah, you know, my husband and I did, uh, something similar. We have, I have a whole binder full of all the emails that we sent to each other that I printed out and, um, some, yes, some actual physical letters that were written with my hand and a pen. If you can imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so fun to read back. And you know what I, uh, what impresses me is how much we talk about, um, the things we love about each other and, None of the things that are frustrating. First of all, we didn't know anything that was frustrating and we weren't living together yet. So um, that comes later. But to like, when was the last time that I really focused on all the things I love about my husband? Like that's an, an, an exercise that takes a little bit of time and effort sometimes, but can be really valuable for your marriage. Okay. So number 16, watch out for them. Watch out for their physical health. Watch out for their emotional health. Watch out for their mental health. Watch out for their spiritual health. Watch out for their sexual health. Watch out for them. Not in a mothering sort of you need to go on a diet way, <laughs> but watch out for them for somebody that you care about, somebody mm-hmm. that you love, your your soulmate, your special, the most special person to you in the world. Watch out for them and keep their health in all areas on, keep tabs on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And their health is right up there next to yours as far as importance goes, because any health issues, physical, emotional, mental, that they struggle with, you will also struggle with. And it will probably be harder than your own because you won't have control over that person, right? They, they still get to make their own decisions. And so when you see warning signs, um, please help your spouse and, and, and suggest, hey, maybe we should go get this checked out. Hey, I'm really concerned about this. Hey, I love you so much and I don't want you to suffer. Let's go figure this out together, right? Okay. Number 17, take care of the kids together. And I know so many moms that really struggle with this because they would love to have more help from their spouse and they feel like they don't get it. But remember, there's only so much we can do to control the other person. When we are there doing our work and we, you know, all we, all we can do is just request. It's just to ask, Hey, this would really be beneficial to me. Please don't let yourself get to a point where you are just bitter and resentful because you never even make your requests known. I know a lot of friends struggle with that as well. You can make your requests kindly and then hopefully, um, he'll pitch in and you guys can work together to, to take care of kids, which is a lot of work sometimes. 
Yeah, that's true. But it is a way to prioritize your relationship because you had the kids together. So taking care of them together. And also go check out our friend Tessa Romero on um, Instagram because she has some amazing thoughts to replace those thoughts about, you know, he's not helping me enough. Okay, number 18. Have a common goal or a project that you're both working on. This is kind of looking ahead to the time after you raise kids and planning for that. But okay, so how do you how do you work together? How do you work well together? <laughs> do you is it my way or the highway? Like, you know, how do you work together? So working on a a common goal or a project together. Okay, so maybe it's redoing, renovating a, a, an area of your house or room of your house. Maybe it's making a meal together. But working together, work and learning how to work together is such so important on prioritizing your relationship because it's like if you had a person you were running a what, what's that called the three legged race with, you guys would practice together, right? <laughs> it's like in that same vein of thought. This can be a hard one for me because I am a solo learner and doer. <laughs> so being on a team project is kind of hard for me in general because I'm a punk like that. But that is part of what marriage is here to teach me, right? Is how to work together and how to allow him to show me his talents and me to show him mine and um, to help each other with our weaknesses. It's a really powerful um, thing to consider working together. Number 19, go to bed together. Um, this was a tricky one for me for many years because of the little kids at home, right? I felt like I was on all the time with little kids and then he would get home and we would, you know, have the crazy busy evening, dinner routine, put kids to bed. And then I would want to just be alone for a while and stay up late. Um, and so I did finally figure out a way to have both. We would connect together, sometimes in the bedroom, sometimes in the living room, um, talk about the day, whatever. And then he would go to bed and I would go have some alone time. So there are ways to do this, to have that connection time, even if you need a little more time on your own. So I'm just speaking to the young moms here because I know that's a struggle sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's um, it's like when they're asleep, the kids are asleep is like your only time yeah. to, you know, do stuff. <laughs> but yeah, it's really important to, to go to bed together. There's something about um, just like ending your day together. That's um, That's really important a way to like, like making it happen is, um, and, and like you said, you know, I wasn't always able to do this either when I, when all the kids were <laughs> young, but it's just like, just try it. Like maybe, maybe a couple times a week, yeah. maybe months a week. We always go to bed on Tuesday nights mm -hmm. together. All right. Number 20, make big decisions together. <laughs> this one's really important because you're a team and you're like, Maybe you know exactly how it should be done, but still make the big decisions together because um, otherwise it's it's kind of going back to that respect thing that you're not like you're not valuing you both as a team. Yeah, just you if you work on making the big decisions together, even ones that you don't think are big. Like my husband and I put a dollar limit on, you know, so any any purchase that we're going to make over X amount of dollars, we're going to talk to each other first. Like that was just like a financial um, big decision that we decided, but you know, like, where are you going to live and what kind of car are you going to have? Like big decisions, make those together. You're a team. Yeah, this is super important and it will require a little bit of work, right? If you both come at a situation from different perspectives and think, oh no, I should think we should do this. I think we should do this, but working them out together is what brings you together. And it doesn't mean you'll always make a compromise. Somebody might end up swinging one way or the other, because that's, what's going to bring peace to the relationship, but it is an excellent excellent exercise to work on your marriage. All right. 21, 
uh, laugh together daily and have some inside jokes. So this is a big one for my husband and I. We really value laughter and my husband is excellent at diffusing any situation. When tempers flare at our house, he is almost always the one that will walk in and, and make some quip that makes everybody laugh and, and just brings everything back to neutral, which is so helpful, especially for somebody who's a little bit high strung, like, I don't know, me. So having inside jokes with my husband is a, another really fun way to connect. You know, just he'll, he'll say one or two things when we see something out and about and we'll just dissolve in laughter because it's something that we both know and can kind of share that inside. Yes, yes. And to seek out those things is prioritizing your relationship. Okay, number 22, tell them what you love about them. This is so good. Like maybe they know it, maybe you know it, but tell them, put it into words, enunciate them. If their love language is words of affirmation, like mine, it's okay if you've already told them before. They want to hear it again. Tell them what you love about them. Why? Get specific. They'll love to hear it. Yes. And on these on this note, I would also suggest asking your spouse what it is that you guys do together that makes them feel the most connected with you. So I actually asked my spouse this the other day in preparation for this episode, and I asked him what the top three things were because I was just curious and they were actually really surprising. Well, let's be honest, two were surprising. One was not, but, um, it just to like kind of open up your eyes. Oh, I didn't know he valued that so much. Oh, I, I should be doing that more often because it's important to him. Right. Okay. Number 23, always defend your spouse in front of others. So this goes back to being respectful to them. Um, and keeping your own differences, you know, private, Because when you start airing grievances towards your spouse with someone else, things go off the rails very quickly. And so I decided early on that if someone was going to say anything about my spouse that wasn't complimentary, that I was going to defend them. And it doesn't mean that you can't say, oh, geez, yeah, I wish that X, Y, Z, but really watch yourself there and make sure that anyone listening to the conversation would know that you have his back. Yeah. Yes. So important. So important. It starts when they're not there, like, oh, they would never hear it, but you Mm. would feel it. They would feel it. Like it just, they know, and you know, if your spouse says you're back, how do you want your spouse to talk about you? Do you want them to defend you to their, you know, buddies in the locker room? Of course, Mm -hmm. of course that you want them to stick up for you. So I will also, I will say one more thing about this and you may have heard this concept, but when you, let's say you're talking to a sister-in-law and you're complaining about your spouse, you might just be having a hard day or you're going through a phase where, where he's doing things that are you know, frustrating to you. You will go back and patch that up with your spouse, but your sister-in-law will never know the resolution to that disagreement. So she will always have something in her head saying, that guy's kind of a jerk. That guy doesn't really help out or whatever it was that you complained about. And so when you keep it private, it allows your relationship to evolve, right? Without planting these seeds of discontent in other people's minds. Like it doesn't, it's none of their business. So don't give them something to think about. Yes. Okay. Number 24, check your thoughts about your spouse. You think that your thoughts are private, so it doesn't matter what they are. And at least you can, you know, gripe in your thoughts. (laughs) But guys, it's not helpful. It's not helping you. Like, is this thought helping me prioritize my relationship with my spouse? Is this thought helping me love my spouse more? Is this thought taking me toward where I want to be with my spouse. What, how would I feel or if my th- spouse was thinking this kind of thought about me? <laughs> so mm-hmm. work, check yeah. your thoughts, work on those. Yeah. And remember that your actions are determined by your thoughts. So if you think you can show up lovingly while thinking he's such a jerk, I can't believe he did this. You cannot. You can try to fool people, but it 
it doesn't really work. So you want to have, you want to act loving, you have to think loving thoughts. Okay. Finally, number 25, prior, don't forget. Now we talk about this a lot, but don't forget to prioritize your own interests and happiness. When you rely on your spouse to do it for you, it becomes a codependent marriage and not a functional, beautiful relationship. Okay. So you can't prioritize the marriage unless you are first taking care of yourself. Yes, that is so true. So if you're dependent on them for happiness, they can't make you happy. You can't, and you can't make you happy and they can't make you happy. It's going to be rough. Nobody can make you happy. I know. I know. So go listen to our episode. If you're confused about what we mean about this one, go listen to our episode about um, how to be, what is the title? Something about how to be a strong, independent woman in a healthy marriage. Yes. (laughs) We'll link it in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you want to, just like you want them, like they were a whole person before you got, you guys met and you were a whole person before they met. And so don't become half a person once, once Mm -hmm. you get married, you you wouldn't be very interesting actually. So (laughs) retain your own interests and, and happiness. You can do that for them. Okay. Final thoughts here, you guys, we threw a ton of stuff at you, but it's so important. We believe it's so important to, um, prioritize your relationship because it makes your life so much easier. The reason you got married is because you wanted to be loved <laughs> and the best way you wanted to feel loved and the best and only way to feel love is to feel it toward another person. You can't actually feel someone's, it's not a physical, tangible thing that you can feel. So the best first way to feel love is to love somebody else. So prioritizing your relationship with your spouse, loving them, working on that is just as much for you as it is for them. It's, it's for you both. Yes. I'm so glad you ended with that. You know, the, I feel like it's pretty common in the world for people to say, well, if something isn't working for you, just bail. And Audrey and I don't believe that that is true. We believe that you have all the control over your own emotions and and happiness in life. And so if you want to be happy in your marriage, you can be regardless of what your spouse does, but you must prioritize your marriage and you must do everything in your power to show up as the kind of spouse you want to be. And maybe your spouse will eventually be the spouse you wish he were, and maybe he won't, but it doesn't matter because you showing up the way you want to show up is the best way to find that happiness in your marriage, regardless of what anybody else does. I know it's a strange concept, but we promise that's how it works. That's it for today's episode, you guys. We hope one of these or more was helpful to you. Let us know, and um, we'll talk to you next week. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie, and we're outnumbered. Thanks for listening, friends. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our email and never miss another episode. Show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. Yep. Okay, yeah, don't you see though. that? Uh-uh. A ladybug is on my face. Do you see that? No, you're you're kind of fuzzy. <laughs> okay, good. Oh my word, ladybugs! It's ladybug season there. Like, my kids everywhere. would go crazy. They love ladybugs. You probably don't so much, but not when there's like a gazillion of them. I can see right here. Oh, and then one lands on your face when you're trying to podcast. Seriously. <laughs>